Damaged Goods Podcast. One of those like, compulsory, yeah. compulsory purchases. I was like, fuck, I loved Ceremony like 15 years ago. <laughs> I, uh, I definitely did some compulsory purchasing recently. That's the best kind of when you're not, maybe not even planning on not, you're not second guessing it. You're like, you know what? Fuck it, dude. I'm spending the money. Feels good. Let's dude. go. It's good. I've made some wildly, wildly expensive versions of those purchases <laughs> recently. <For sure. laughs> and you, but you know, no, no regrets. No, no, regrets. no, we can't. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it's a a very powerful tool to learn to live with regrets. That's like a little Jake the Snake um, tenant of life. But not when we're just not when talking we're spending about money. silly little purchases. Yeah, not when we're buying one-off T-shirts <laughs> yeah. that were handcrafted by some child. There's just one kid making one fire-ass shirt at That's a time. That's right, exactly. No, I feel you. I yeah, we're here that. for it. Ah, I appreciate you um, coming so early and being so accepting of me and my my physical and mental state right now. I look like I've been kidnapped by like uh, ISIS or something. My beard is just you growing. You literally in. do not look like uh, that. I look like a hot, <laughs> sexy version of a guy kidnapped by ISIS. I got also, bags under my eyes. You still don't look like you were kidnapped by ISIS. No, I want to. My no, hair is looking. Uh, you have, you're not. There's no I dirt. was I was there on the couch last night, so two in the morning, partially watching some show I was into, but like. I had not a not a revelation. Oh, look how selfish I am too. You're on my podcast and I'm making it all about me. That's <laughs> but it's no. your podcast. Yeah. But you just said that. Actually, thank you for <laughs> fucking empowering me, Allie. No, I had like a, I wouldn't say it's a revelation because I've had those before, but it was some kind of like like intense and I wasn't on any drugs, so it wasn't like some psychedelic vision, but I was having like some intense negative like moment in my mind of like Ah, just I'm I'm real hard on myself. I think a lot of artists are. For you sure, might be. For sure. I've had the best eight months out of the last seven years I've had. Mm-hmm. I mean, I should be fucking psyched. I got a new book doing well. I'm making more money than I have. Ever. I'm like I'm healthy. I'm a lot of things going good, and yet still can't just be happy for too long. And then this fucking thing comes last night, and I'm like, "What are you doing, dude? What do you, you got to like straighten out? You got to stop doing this and that too much." And all these things, I don't know, man, just like a fucking swirling tornado <laughs> of negative, critical, self-critical yeah. emotions hit the snake, man. Yep. And then I was like, and you got to wake up in six hours and Alley Theater is coming. <laughs> you got a podcast. So that's why I drank the fucking liquid IV after a coffee. That's smart. Burn some Copal. It just, smells lovely in here. Yeah. You know what that is? What is it? Why oh, don't you tell me? Why oh, don't you wow. tell me? I want to know. That was patronizing. Uh, <laughs> it's like, um, it's a wood... In, it grows in Mexico, I imagine Central America as well. It kind of smells like a Palo Santo or something, but it burns like that. And usually it's in like wood form. I s- smuggled, aka brought back some <laughs> incense sticks versions. That's right, suck at customs. <laughs> now, shout out, customs are a big fan of the show. They love it. <laughs> but I brought it back, and it's like, let me make sure it smells good for Allie. She's, she's trooping over here, and uh, it also is supposed to be good for the brain. I feel, so. I feel awake. Thank you, Kopal. Kopal? Yeah, yeah Kopal, yeah, right, C-O-P-A-L. Thank you. Shout out to Kopal, big sponsor, Damaged Goods. Perfect. Um, that awake <laughs> voice is uh, is a re- repeat offender on Damaged Goods. She's one of the most talented musicians I know, songwriter, bass player extraordinaire for some of your favorite artists. The band, The Astronauts, is, is her baby as well. And she's she's a bit of a... Of a, of a I don't know, like a little NFT genius or something that we might get into yet. She's <laughs> hip and cool and young. If you're fucking with those, that means you're hip and cool and young and you're not my age. Allie Futerer. Thank you, Jay. And she has great hair as usual. 
Thank you. Listen Thank you. to the ear with your eyes, the hair with your eyes, the <laughs> listeners. Thanks for trooping out here. So you're off the road right now. I'm off the road. Where you just were, Portland? Yeah, I was in Portland. Lovely Portland? Yeah, lovely Portland. Did you eat from food trucks only? I did not. I didn't eat any food trucks. So you went very on Portland. Yeah. Suck it, Portland. Yeah. <laughs> I love the food trucks there. Yeah, they're cool. They're cool. I was just there for like just a quick show. 12 hours. Where'd you guys play? I didn't. Oh, play you there. were playing? No, what were you no, doing it was there? a family thing. Oh. Uh, yeah. Even better. Yeah. Little, uh, yeah, funeral. Oh, crap. it's okay. We're good. It's That's okay. Right. Yeah. I've been to a few of those. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they happen. Um, oh. I did visit some like drinking institutions. Which ones? Um, I've done a fair share of drinking around the world. Unfortunately, so. I don't know. That's how, it was good. <laughs> what was what was what was Young Alley drinking? Um, well, let's see. It was a uh, Young Alley and Kate and Doug who say oh, yes. hi. Yeah, they're awesome. They were actually asking about These you. These are her managers. Really good people. Her managers. <laughs> Life managers. They've managed me since, since birth. Yeah, they're sweethearts. <laughs> um. Yeah, they say they were like, when are you going to see Jake? We haven't seen Jake in so long. Um, so you were a topic of conversation. Wow, I feel very privileged. Yeah, and we were drinking uh, Cab Ooh. and whiskey. Cab Sauv or straight Cab? Uh, we had some Silver Oak. Mm. It was a nice night. Had to, Sounds like it. Yeah. I think I'm allergic to whiskey. I, I don't know. Every time I drink it, I feel sick and not like oh i drank too much throw up sick. yeah like, my body doesn't feel right hmm. yeah but what are we i don't even know if that's a thing people there are might be to. i think it could be but i know other alcohol has, has that effect huh. on like j- like any whiskey or like bourbon i only or... drink jameson uh at, oh well that's your problem well, i mean but i don't really like whiskey's not my thing i drink yeah. like vodka and tequila and cognac <laughs> and rum and wine mm-hmm. and stuff like that yeah but, but you have been on the road like I a have mad been. woman. Yes. Yeah, good times. Yeah, though. it's been good. It's been good. Yeah. Yeah. Where Where have you been recently? Um, I was in Kentucky two <coughs> weeks <Excuse> ago. <laughs> <laughs> Appropriate response to her being in Kentucky. I, I was choked to death. Hence <laughs> all the whiskey. <laughs> yeah. What's, what parts of Kentucky? Uh, we did a show in outside of Lexington. Mm. Lexington yeah. actually, I, I I thought was pretty. Cool. It's pretty nice. Cooler than Surprisingly Louisville. nice. Mm-hmm. Like, I was kind of shaken at how yeah. just nice it was. There's, well, yeah, there's, I think most, not all, most cities, there's there's the, there's the two sides of the tracks. Sometimes one side is bigger than the others. Meaning that, yes, there's a nice section there. Um, you might have just been contained to that one nice section. No, because, like, our gig was, like, an hour outside. Was it, like, an amphitheater? It was at a college. It was, oh, okay. like, a college show. Um, with JP and it was JP who I've just forgot. Oh, JP Sachs. Oh. Um, and we were just all kind of like, wow, there's a lot of mansions. Oh yeah. There's a lot of houses with like horse property. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, there's. I mean, fucking Kentucky Derby's a bunch of rich horse riding know, motherfuckers out there. Yeah. What a rich there person. Was like, <laughs> there was watch like. Watch a bunch of horses and wear fucking thousand dollar hats. <laughs> I know, totally. <laughs> we were like driving down the highway, and there was a like car next to us that had a like a trailer, like just like a regular ass like car with a trailer, like nothing fancy, but it had this like giant paper mache horse oh, on. At least it was paper mache. I was gonna thought you were gonna say real one. <laughs> it was just an enormous yellow paper mache horse we were like wow this place is like really living up to the stereotype <laughs> like 
I, don't you kind of like that sometimes? I like it. When you travel somewhere and they, it's like, this is what they make it seem yeah, like. Yeah, like, oh, that is exactly what it is. Yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> you were you were on the road with uh, Mayor Hawthorne mm-hmm. for a while, which is, yeah. I've, you know, I've seen him live, but I've also seen him DJ before. And like, yeah. that's kind of like, I'm sure you probably know this better than I. He used to like DJ and rap like before he was doing his singing thing and got signed to Stone's Throw. He rapped? Okay, shit. Don't, you know, you, you ask him on tour. Don't be like, yo, this writer podcast kid, Jake <laughs> Frazick, told me this. I don't well, I know he was in a band because he like came up in Detroit. Yeah. No, and he his rapped, manager and he, was the rapper. Okay. I, I was, I've been told from inside sources that he too also rapped, but he DJed. And he still does, he does DJ. He does DJ. Yeah. He's like, that's like some of my fondest. Like, I love him, first of all. Shout out to Mr. Mr. Hawthorne, if you He's ever listen to this. talented cat. Um, but like on the bus almost every night he would DJ for us like nice. after the show That's fun. and it was just like the best vibe and yeah. like just unintentionally he'd just be like, Cut Oh, here's loose. a mix. I did this like one show or like whatever. And it was just, like, he's so good at it. He's and got like, a good ear for selection. Cuts. Yeah. He's yeah. such a talented dude. The, um, Stone's Throw, I don't know if he's still on that label. He's I don't, not. Yeah, so they, um. That was like what has like him and Madlib and Dame Funk and numerous yeah. artists. My friend's wife's parents own the Stones Throw house in in uh, Mount Washington. Oh, it's cool. in the, in documentaries. It's like a legendary house, and Sick. they live in there now. My boy and his baby and his wife, and it's wow. crazy because I'm like, I watched this in documentaries, and now I'm in their house. It's just like their shit. house, like they're yeah, just like they, and his, they're her making mother, pancakes. Yeah, they're fucking. Shit. It's a nice place, dude. But I've been fucking with Mayor Hawthorne for long time so when i saw that you were doing it i was super psyched i was like ah there she is so talented (laughs) thank you what's up with the astronauts um well you know nico moved to colorado i was on during the pandemic that's the other half of the yeah he's moving back um and like yeah kind of like no plans but also no not plans well i do we have uh i we being me (laughs) i have your album over there oh yeah 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 of course nice yeah um, a little pink vinyl action. Yeah. Well, I love when when artists put out like a, something. I mean, colorful about the vinyl, like there's blues and greens. Yeah, blues. it just makes it a little more special. Totally. It's like it's like a shirt. It's it's <laughs> like more of a shout out to Brain not Dead. A, yeah, not a not a collector's <laughs> item per se, but it makes the purchase a little more valuable. Yeah. Some people get a vinyl like yours and just kind of like keep it, not even play totally, it. Totally, yeah. I mean, I buy like all of my friends' vinyls. Yeah, if yeah. somebody comes out with a vinyl, yeah. I have it. And it's like kind of becoming a large collection where I'm like, I like where that. do I put all of my friends' records? <laughs> Dude, well, listen, you should, all you got to do is go through like a breakup and you'll lose like a large part of your record collection. <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> no way I would ever give them all. <laughs> oh, some things are not given, some things are taken. You know? Oh. Uh, but I, I have a Jake the Snake vinyl for you laying around in there. I'll get you. Please. I, I, I didn't you. even know you made vinyl. I don't. I mean, I did back then. Yeah, but like back like yeah. when like we met? Uh, Probably, yeah. yeah. Dang. Vinyl's like, oh, I mean, dude, you know, oil prices and gas and all that. Like vinyl is made for fucking oil. Uh, It's not a cheap thing to make. You ain't printing CDs. It's not a MP3. No, it's like the most expensive so, thing to make. Yeah, yeah, right now I can imagine printing vinyl would be fucking costly. Well, also like Adele and Taylor Swift just like fucked everybody. How is that? Give they, me the fucking scuttle. All right, Get that all right. mic nice and close. This is okay. important. We need to hear okay. this hard hit news. Here's the deal. Give me the deal. <laughs> um, no, like last fall, Adele and Taylor Swift put in vinyl orders 
or like I don't want to say the wrong amount, but it's something like between like five hundred thousand and a million Quite vinyl a each, and it like completely destroyed they vinyl. Took all the gas, yeah, the oil from Saudi Arabia. They took it. <laughs> they took it all, but now like the back order for vinyl is like really? years long. Wow. Yeah. I mean, when I we we pressed vinyl, it, there was like not very many places in the right. United States. Right. That's I, why I think one of the ones we were using was from Jersey. Yeah. Um, but there wasn't there was not a lot of places to go to. Yeah. That's wild. Dude. Yeah, and like Damn. most of the time, people are ordering vinyl. They're ordering like a thousand or yeah. twenty five hundred copies. And these, yeah, you minimal. Yeah, these gals came in were like, okay, we'll take half a million. That's why the gas prices are so goddamn high. It's not the politicians. It's fault. Adele. Fucking Adele and Taylor Swift. Goddamn it, Adele. Damn, Damn dude. Well, good thing you're slanging NFTs right now. <laughs> no records to sell. Well, guess what? They have gas prices too. What? <laughs> How is this? I thought it was digital. This world's fucked out. See? It was right. The premonition I, I had last night was right. Wait, well, explain to me. Because, uh, you know, I'm, I live in this little snake man world where I, I'm kind of up on things and then sometimes I'm not. I've been slanging crypto for years. I just don't talk Sick. about it on the interwebs. Yeah. The NFT things I've been contemplating, dabbling in. But explain to me why it's affected by or intertwined with gas prices. Because the servers that mint crypto and mint NFTs are need energy. Yeah. So they're run off. I thought of, it was electricity was requiring though. It's gas, depending oh. on the okay. the crypto. So like Ethereum and Bitcoin yeah. run on fossil fuel, which oh, is why good. like there's lots of people that are yeah, like, oh, NFTs are bad for the environment yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know what's bad for the environment? You are, dude. We got a people <laughs> problem? No, we got so many, dude. We got so we're, many We are people. not short on them. No, we are not. <laughs> so um, I'm, I mean this not in any accusatory way. Other than just, this is just curious. No, this Let's is just me it. being curious. You're, you're, Ali's younger than me. Um, uh, most people are. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a 58 year old writer. I just look really healthy. I surf and I rub He's wheatgrass on my face. That's like Wolverine. <laughs> but you know, um, some things uh, oh, people do because they're smart. They're savvy. Uh -huh. Like years ago, I I don't know why, but I was like, this crypto shit seems like it's smart. I didn't really talk much about it out loud, but I talked to people. I have a friend who's been a miner for like 12 years. Well, cool. So I uh, I you know I'm buying and selling that shit. Yeah. And people are like, what the fuck are you doing? And, you know, in real estate, I keep that on the low. And, like, you know, I, do, I live in a one-bedroom apartment, but I own two fucking houses. You know, like, you, you, you do smart things. And then there's people who do things because, okay, I better do this because everyone else is doing it. Right. And I see a lot of young people I know, my age or your age, musicians, yeah. painters, writers, dabbling now in NFTs. And, and yeah. I, I can't tell why if some of them are doing it because, shit, I need to do this because it looks good and it's smart or they're, they really know what the fuck they're doing and they're capitalizing uh -huh. on an important thing. Why? Why? All right. Well, I guess because I was surprised when I seen you doing it. You're gonna be the judge of if I'm. I don't smart judge. Or... I just assess. I just <laughs> okay. assess. Well, I think that the last few years, especially, have brought light to just how hard it is to make a living in the arts. Fucking right. And like, obviously, you know this better than anyone, as a writer, but also as a musician and rapper. And producer, so it's uh, he's taking a picture of me right no, now. No, no, I'm videoing you. Dude. <laughs> he's videoing me right now. God, okay. you look great, dude. You have the best hair in the game. Okay, dude. okay. <laughs> my my wife is a hairdresser, so I know a thing or two about Palo. He's kind of an expert. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Anyway, continue. Um, 
And I'm just kind of curious. I was kind of curious about like how this NFT thing worked. Um, you know, my like, I've got lots of friends that are into crypto and I never really like was like, oh, I have to go buy like all the Bitcoin or like, I understand why it's cool, especially like when you're traveling and you don't want to exchange like US dollars for euros, you can just use Bitcoin. It's the same value in any country that you're in. Like I get all these things, but I just like hadn't found like how it fit into my life yet. And um I am part of an incubator program with like music tech startups and musicians and they were they've been talking about NFTs for a while and eventually I was it just like clicked for me I was like oh this is like anything you want it to be Mm. and you can create utility it's like all the best parts of like you can make it like the best parts of Patreon or like Kickstarter or like a 90s fan club where they send you like a box of pictures every month or whatever. (laughs) Like you can make it whatever you want and you can generate passive income. You don't have to give up any intellectual property. That's nice. And you have a direct relationship with the buyers forever. Whereas like when you sell a vinyl, you know, your relationship with the product ends there. Mm. Like it goes out into the world and you say goodbye to it. If it's an NFT, I still have a relationship with it even after I've sold it. Mm, that's interesting. Like the the intellectual property rights thing. Um, I don't know. For me, like owning my shit is is a is a big deal. Yeah, you're, totally. You're right, as a creator, I mean, especially in the music industry, yeah. you know how often people sacrifice ownership of what they've created, essentially giving up their fucking children to foster care <laughs> just to get it put out on a label, to yeah. get it played on the radio. So I think that's an interesting. I didn't know that. Uh, I like. I like that element about it. Well, because of smart contracts, you can just decide what mm-hmm. it is you're willing to part with. Yeah. And you can give a utility to the buyer. So what, it's not just what like... what that is. For the, I mean, I yeah, clearly know yeah, what that yeah, is, but yeah, for the people yeah. who don't... Like... I don't know. Some people are just like releasing songs as NFTs. Like they're like, here's a <clears> song and it's just like a wave file or an yeah. MP3 file of the song. And that's kind of no different than like downloading it on iTunes, right? Like, you give iTunes, like, 20 cents per song or whatever if you're an indie artist. Yeah. Um, does iTunes exist anymore? Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, Good. they sell my audio books. <laughs> Good, perfect. I think. Good. I, so. I better call my old publisher. No, I, know, I think maybe, or maybe Audible, Amazon took over. But iTunes is still around. All right. Well, you know, it's not that different than, like, just selling a digital file or yeah. whatever. Um, and I don't really think that does anything for the buyer. Like, if I'm a fan, like, I okay, sure, I could, like, buy a wave of the song. But, like, am I going to spend, like, the equivalent of, like, 100 US dollars on a wave file of a song? Yeah. When I could just stream it? Like, probably not. Yeah, or get it from somebody else who already got it, right? Right. So, like, having something else besides just the song, having something that people can interact with, like, that's huge. So, what is, what, to, to what degree is this interaction taking place? Like, when you say that, give me an example. Uh, well, for instance, like sample packs have become really popular. Um, like sample packs for produ- producing music? For producing music, yeah. Like um, somebody explained it to me like when I was first learning about this as like crate digging mm. um, for like vinyl yeah, heads, yeah. DJs, where like, especially in hip hop, NFT sample packs are huge. And it makes total sense because like if I use a sample on Splice, it could be used literally billions of times. Like, you know, like yeah. endlessly. Whereas if I'm buying an NFT of a sample pack, there's like a limited quantity and like you're not as likely to like hear your same sample used 
the same way or like differently. It's like, it's way more unique. Yeah. I mean, that's like, that was what I think a lot of people, maybe just my questions were with certain NFT things. I mean, the, um, the exclusivity of it is, is appealing, but you know, if it's like a, like a art, like a piece, you know, a painting or art yeah. thing like that and someone screenshots it and shares it. Now, don't I also have it the same, right? You know, that, like that's like a critique. Some yeah, people yeah. Have of, yeah of totally. The art element of it, but right. what you're discussing, the sample pack thing, that makes the whole, um, it all, it just makes it make a little more sense. It makes it more viable to me. Yeah, I think that you, the utility is like the really important part of yeah. NFTs. Cause like, I mean, I'm not one to judge, like, you know, people like thought Andy Warhol was an idiot when he first started doing his like duotone pop art and Campbell's soup, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they're like, it's a picture of soup, you know, like, I don't know, who are we to judge? Like, yeah. I mean, art is, is subjective. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's very surprising. And, and time is a, is a very telling factor for art. So many people, especially visual artists, rarely are, are, are um, so revered in their time or successful. Right. And then down the line. Right. You know. So like, yeah. Do I think it's crazy that there's like little, like horribly ugly pictures of monkeys selling yeah. for millions of dollars? Like. Well, I wouldn't spend millions of dollars on yeah, that. But somebody is. Yeah, and that was kind of like the introduction to like what NFTs can be. But I think like they are here to stay, especially in the arts, because of just like the direct relationship with the buyer. So like in in the fact like you're doing a lot of like music related NFTs, uh-huh. are you veering away from those like picture ugly hideous pictures of monkeys and you're doing more things like the sample packs and more interactive utility based things my project is um a fractionalized album i know (laughs) it's an album but you only get one track at a time half a song at a time portions of songs every song is broken into three chunks and then we're using ai to generate the combinations of tracks that you would get so there's 333 nfts and there's also a visual component. Everything looks like it's on a little postcard. That's cool. The concept of the project is California, like specifically like Fullerton, where I grew up. Yeah. It's all like. I just drove by there. Like, yeah, you ago. did. Yeah. What'd you do? No, I was when I was coming back from San Diego. Oh, and cool. I just saw the sign. I was like, yeah. Hey, Fullerton, what up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all like oranges and like citrus fields. Like that's it's kind of the nostalgia of like what California was like even before I was alive. But yeah. like the good old days. Yeah, the good old days. Before kind the of forest fires and the homeless. Yeah, exactly. The rampant divide exactly. of economic despair. Right. Yeah. But the music is really like kind of all over the place. Like I guess it's kind of like rock, like psychedelic focus. But um, yeah, it's psychedelic. there's like a conscious hip hop track. And there's like a big pop song, and they're, most of them are collabs with other artists. So the, the people that you're working with, not the not the artists, the musicians, mm-hmm. but the the people. I don't even know what the fucking the terminology. The crypto is. lords. Nah, well, I mean, <laughs> I, I know about crypto lords, but the NFT lords, I suppose. Okay, the NFT so lords. Yeah. Have you linked up with some people specifically? Yeah. And are they? Are you kind of staying on your your traditional creative path, and they're kind of doing the the I don't know. It's very collaborative. The company is called Metabyte Studio, and they're based out of London. Okay. Um, and the two partners that own it, um, one is based in Hong Kong. Nice. So our our like Zoom calls, like I feel like I'm in the fucking future. I'm like yeah. got like you know crazy science experiment meetings <laughs> with like <laughs> like London and Hong Kong and yeah. LA, and I'm like, is this James Bond? Yeah, We're just yeah. making internet music. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> 
I, I was like, when I saw it popping up on your I, any of your social media, so I was like, okay, look at my homegirl over here staying, staying on her toes, um, and, and staying like uh, I don't I, current is not the right word, but you're aware of what's going on, and you're you always I don't know you always involved with shit as it's happening yeah, even musically huh. and stuff like Thank that you. I mean from having High your praise. own bands to like writing and producing I've seen you also doing a lot of production and writing yeah. musically lately yeah. um, which I know you've always been into but it seems like more now yeah so like this album I like produced or co-produced everything really who was um, the co-producer with you I co-produced one song um, with Dressage who is a dear friend of mine she's a fucking murderous beast she is nice. so good she's an amazing songwriter and singer and producer composer she's scoring a film right now oh. she's a legend and um yeah so oh, that's awesome. that was the co-production um and then everything else i produced you've been oh actually that's not true i did one with basti my friend basti too oh, okay yeah you've yeah. definitely been doing i see you in the studio a lot definitely a lot of production and yeah writing and behind the scenes thing. i mean we know you you could lay it down in the studio and also on stage and quite a performer but uh it's cool to see you you know doing a lot of writing and producing you know yeah it's, it's always so been fun. inside yeah. totally yeah. I, was, I was thinking about you when i was working on one of the songs um with this artist connie franco who's a like badass rapper he's from omaha oh um shit. and he like builds diy skate spaces oh, dope. he's got his own npr podcast nice. um he's rad he's like a skate activist and nice artist um but it was like the first time that i worked on any hip-hop in a really long time yeah, it was good it was so much fun nice. yeah it was really great when you are you working with uh people like in the studio physically a lot or are you like sending tracks back and forth with, with connie um he, i was sending files back and yeah. forth because he, he's in omaha clearly yeah. um but yeah it's just like with this project especially i was just like i'm just gonna write and just see what happens like there's, I have no intention for how I want anything to sound no and expectations. no expectations at all. Freedom. And it's very strange. Cause it's like, I guess it's, it makes perfect sense when I listen back. I'm like, Oh, clearly this is like weird rock, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but like I wasn't expecting it to sound like that. You know? Do you like that creative process or are you, you was already a little more methodical before? I don't like being methodical with, I don't think that that leads to a good product usually forced, for me, right? for me. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you can kind of tell when you're like, Oh, this person's like trying to do a pop album. Yo, I, especially with, with pop albums or even like the pop singles of any genre on an yeah. album, like this is our album, but we're trying to make these two, the singles and we're trying yeah. to make this one a single. Cause it almost sounds like yeah. this other guy's song. That totally. Was a single, and I fucking hate that. Yeah. I smell that. Exactly. Like, scent of, it's a stench of unoriginality. Yeah, you're like, oh, here's their pop punk song. Yeah. It sounds like Paramore or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I I like any whatever whatever the realm of art is. What just feels like this is what the person wanted to do. Yeah, totally. Or maybe they didn't even know necessarily what they were doing, but they just did it. They did it exactly. And there's there's a freedom, there's a liberty there, and there's this. It, it's it's more inspirational to me. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I really like that. I mean, yeah. I, I and at the same time, while I've been embracing that more and then just gravitating towards that more for years, it has me going away from anything that feels contrived. Right. Whether it's music, fucking books, yeah. movies, TV. Yep. Like there's shit. I'm like ah, this just I feel I know what they're trying to do. I feel like I was in the writer's producer's room with them, and they're like, yes, and we're gonna do this, and here's a checklist. Yeah. And I'm like fucking. I just hate it. It feels right. so 
I was like, oh, here's the pitch bend. It's yeah. coming. It's, <laughs> the it's, drop is in four bars. I know. And then I know it's yeah. like it's business and everybody, we all want to like, you know, eating ramen noodles and making your uh, the art you want to make sometimes it's doesn't not last. Tight. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and, but at the same time, if, if you're someone who appreciates shit that comes from the heart or the mind, it's really hard to, to fucking have an appetite for that, that fraudulent shit. Yeah, totally. I mean, especially you as like a rapper. And being somebody who's so in touch, like, like maybe too in touch with who they are, right? Oh, like, shit. like so hyper analytical. Oh, dude, so bad. <laughs> Read my new book, you'll see. Oh. Read his old book, you'll also yeah, yeah. see. <laughs> yeah. But like, you're very like aware of who you are, where you're from, and like you take great pride in that. So, but not everybody is like that, you know? Mm. Like, some people, like, want to be somebody else. Yeah. I want to kind of want to be, but I can't. I'm trying. <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah, But once right. you, like, embrace, like, I mean, I feel like you're very comfortable in your skin, like, what you do creatively and, and probably just on a personal level every day. And it feels good when you fully embrace yourself. I don't say yeah. be happy with yourself. Sometimes we're never like totally happy with ourselves. For sure. But that's like striving for perfection. It's like yeah. the alchemist's magnum opus. You never obtain it, but you keep going for it. And that's what makes you not only a better artist, but a better person, you know? Yeah. Self, self-analyzation. And, and st- like, I feel like there's certain people, maybe more not creative people, who don't really check themselves and be like, am I a good person? Am I treating people <laughs> right in my life, right, in right. my community? Totally. You know, you think of like the Wall Street banker guy, right? He doesn't want to smoke weed or fucking eat mushrooms. That might make him think too much, but he's pounding Red Bulls and drinking and doing cocaine. And he's making those sales and he's <laughs> yeah. fucking, you know, ripping people off and making <laughs> stocks. But because if he was to have any of that, that self-analyzation going yeah. on, he might not be able to continue doing that job. Right. Well, but that's another part of being an artist is that yeah. like we like write all the, all of our problems down mm-hmm. or like paint them or draw, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. like all our problems are coming oh, yeah. out of us. Well, and then you're blind. like, oh, fuck. It's like my problem. Trying to make <laughs> complaining sound beautiful and fun. Yeah. I was thinking about it the other day and I'm looking at what I'm writing and then I'm listening to music of anybody and I'm like, you know, watching poets. I'm like, God, basically we're complaining. My heart's broken. Life is hard. Mom did We're just whining all the time. <laughs> but like, if you make we're the whining sound whiners. cool, if there's a good yeah. melody in there with the whining, yeah. or it's poetic in a book, or it looks awesome on screen, that complaining, that whining doesn't come across like it. Right. Uh, so, you know, you know it, it's, it didn't come out good if it just looks like you're fucking whining. But, you know. Right. It's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's like a very, I feel like that'd be a very unpopular opinion to share with other artists. I had that thought recently. I was like, God damn, dude, this is like, we all just fucking whining. Yeah. You know? Unless, that's one thing I like about hip hop in, in, in some regards, like some styles of music where there's, it's just, nah, fuck you, dude. I'm chilling. I'm, I'm drinking champagne. I, I stole your girlfriend. I'm, I got money. <laughs> and like, there's, it's the opposite yeah, of complaining. Yeah. But it, it kind of is too. It, just yeah. a lot of the time, it's like, only certain songs. I mean, it like, I feel like hip hop can be like really like uplifting to oh, like yeah. your persona. Yeah. Like sometimes you need that. Like you're just like, oh, this is a little boost I needed today. You like, can only be yourself up so many yeah. days of the week. And and you know, Allie came today on a day where I've I basically laid in bed staring at the ceiling, like beating myself <laughs> up. And like a second guy, this book just came out, and like whose feelings am I hurting with this book? And you know, shit like that. And then just going over in my head but in some days I feel like ah dude I just did this interview or some strangers are giving me crazy reviews or I've fuck I'm the shit you know yeah. you, you, it's, it's it's ups and downs peaks and valleys yeah it's exhausting though 
And then if you had like a nice nine to five job, maybe if I worked at fucking in Netflix or like an office job doing something that wasn't as creative but still pays well and stability and shit. You'd be might, questioning your Maybe existence. less peaks and valleys. It might be like Nebraska. <laughs> it might be like Omaha where your boy lives where it's just a plane. <laughs> but planes are good. I've, I've quested for the plane many a time. I also learned that the plane for me, uh, eventually I get tired. I, yeah. I need the highs for and sure. the lows. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you got to feel the winds. Mm, indeed. Yeah. Which is like everybody like who has a, a job like I just described looks at somebody like yourself and me and be like, man, I would love to have that, that schedule and that freedom and stuff. Right. And then sometimes we quest for the yeah, stability. Like, Would you also like the crippling self-doubt that yeah. comes with it? <laughs> yeah. Have you ever... I don't even want to say what I was about to say. But you know, like, you can punch out at five or six o'clock and then you can leave your work there. And, you know, yeah. sometimes... Yeah, we can't. We yeah. work more than anybody. <clears throat> I tried poorly to, to adapt to something like that some for years sure. ago. And it was... I was like, you know what, dude? I, I, it's, it's like going against the grain. Like, I've never felt... It's just not for me. I'm going to have to deal with these ups and downs because yeah. this is just the way I was cut out. Totally. Yeah. I but feel exactly the Once same. you embrace it, though, it gives you like a... I picture... Not a great movie. Picture like Jerry Maguire where Tom Cruise has just like gotten fired from the big firm. He has one client. And he's like freaking out, singing to Tom Petty in the car. <laughs> not a great movie. Not a big Tom Cruise fan. But that scene, it's like... You're in the madness, dude. Have you ever not just been like heartbroken or depressed and sad, but you're in the car and there's like songs playing and you're just kind of feeling like you've, you're at the bottom, but when you're at the bottom, there ain't really other place to go. So you know you're going to go up from there with some kind of hopeful ambitions. Yeah. I don't know that like I enjoy the like low parts as I know, much I know. as, I'm as you do. Like, I'm trying to squeeze the lemon. <laughs> okay, okay. We're, we're, trying, we're trying to make lemonade. Okay. Uh, yeah. Earlier this year, I was like actually feeling pretty bummed. I was feeling like I'd lost like a couple like big gigs that like touring gigs. Yeah. Oh. Um, and I was just like, who am I? What am I doing with my life? Like what the hell is going on? And I found that when I'm in those places, that's when I need to be like creating. Mm. Um, because I feel like usually I get there because I'm not creating. Like I'm not working on things. I care. I'm like completely dependent. Not that like, I was having this conversation with like a great drummer friend of mine the other day who I like really respect a lot. And um, nobody like gets into music to like play music for someone else. Like when you're like 15, you're not like, oh, I want to be like Shania Twain's drummer. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's just like not what you're thinking. You're like, I'm going to be a rock star and I'm going to play guitar for like amphitheaters and arenas of people. Um, but like you were in a band and you like made shit and you felt cool and the grind of like working in music like kind of takes away that yeah. from you. It's rare that you find something like I feel so lucky to play with Mayor Hawthorne. He's so fucking cool and inspiring and like lifts up everybody around him. That's and that's like really beautiful and lucky, you know, but like there's a lot of bosses that like suck (laughs) just like any other field so when i feel like low i'm like oh right that's because i'm like dependent on like my success and happiness from like somebody else else. so like Mm -hmm. i need to do things that like bring me value in my own everyday life that i can be excited about too you know yeah Yeah, no like what what seems like you're describing is the creative process is is a survival tactic it's a survival mechanism in a way I, I i do the exact same thing yeah especially in my lowest points um i i'll i'll like just start writing and it's therapeutic and it starts getting my mind off of all the the negative images i see of myself and where i'm at 
and then I'm doing the thing that I, I was doing in the first place was creating, and I'm seeing the beauty in what I'm making at the time. Yeah. And then it starts to it starts to build your confidence back up. Brick yeah, by totally. Brick, and, and it gives you a little hopeful vision for the future. And then you're like, now nah, you know what? Right, this right here, I got some shit. Yeah. And then you feel you feel good again, and and it's like it's that up and down. Totally. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I like the way you describe that, because um, especially in music, you know, I I never was like a session player, or I've never done anything like. You you have your own projects and then you you play for others, mm-hmm. but then like I would go on tour working for these all big artists, but I wasn't in a creative space doing it really, so I didn't have the f- you know I didn't feel the same. But I was out there like damn, it made me miss being on stage myself. Yeah. Even though I'm on stage, but I'm I'm not playing. I'm I'm helping. I'm a roadie. Yeah. You know, I write mostly for myself, but sometimes I'll do some freelance things. I'm like all right, I'm getting paid to write about this. I can I can suck it up, but yeah. I don't want to do this all the time. Right. You know, or I used yeah. to write kids' college papers. Fuck uh, yeah. That was easy. Of course you did. <laughs> yeah, I, I was good. I'm a good writer. It's, it's easy. I can write so fucking fast and good. And uh, I would do that. And it's like, all right, listen, you just got to tell me what your homework assignment's about. Give me a couple pieces of info. I'll bullshit my way through your paper and you're going to get at least a B plus. <laughs> not surprising yeah yeah so listen totally. what was your, your major master's. psychology no uh psychoanalyst psychoanalyst and then i was almost a psychoanalyst but i also did like music industry uh as is my um what do you call that one? undergrad so it's communications music industry and then psychoanalysis for masters yeah it's but amazing. I didn't graduate because uh, I foolishly went on tour with my band blue gold for like oh, fucking four months or four weeks uh, instead of finishing my last semester. Wait, really? Yeah, we had a label really, really into us in New York. And, I do remember this. And we were super psyched, and it was like the carrot was dangling in front of my little rabbit face. Yeah. And I was like, this is like the, maybe my last shit. You know what? Fuck it. So we went on this run for a month, and we were traveling around the Midwest and the East Coast. That was fun. And then after that, I was like, I can't go back. To, like, I only had one. Because the school for psychoanalysis was fucking grueling. Yeah. And I was like, I just can't go back. Wait, is this also from Northeastern? No. No, no. no. It was Boston Graduate School of okay. Psychoanalysis. Oh, sick. That was right before I moved to L.A. Got it. And then I, I just, I was like, yeah, maybe I'll go back to school for that in California. But the laws to be a psychoanalyst in every state are different. And yeah. in California, you'll basically have to do like two years of interning for fucking free right. to even get your master's. So, I was like, so where am I supposed to work? Like sell drugs at night? Is that what you want me to do? <laughs> uh, I, I'm a civilian now, dude. So like, <laughs> you know. So instead now I, I tell true stories and uh, people in the books fucking call me and say, how could you write that? I was like, well, how could you have lived that with me? That's Blame yourself. <laughs> it's fucking true stories. I didn't make it up. Wait, I haven't read the new book yet, but uh, am great. I in it? Uh, no, you're not. Okay, but cool. There, but my, I'm like one of the last remaining victims, right? You no, know, but you wouldn't, like, not everyone gets poorly wrote about. It's and it's it's only if, like, there's a crazy story. It's usually, it's like an ex-girlfriend that's upset sure. or okay. a lady friend or uh, my father's, uh, one of my father's exes was quite upset. This new book is a lot to do with me and him okay. before he passed. Sure. One of his father's exes was, and honestly, she wasn't written about poorly at all. Like, there should be people fucking from death threats on my door. <laughs> she, But it, it, I really like her. Yeah. And it kind of hurt me. This is one of the things I was thinking about last night. It kind of hurt me that she felt hurt because I didn't really say anything disparaging. Yeah. Um, and, and none of it's disparaging. This is just true fucking stories. Yeah. And I change everybody's names. Yeah. But you know what? We, we, we've had some adventures, so I'm, I'm not I know, I know. You know, when it comes time, I always reach <laughs> out to people and I'm like, hey, what alias do you want to go by? So, Ali, Uh-oh. if you was to have you in the new book, my third book, 
pick a name that you enjoy. You can meditate on it. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna yeah. have to meditate on it. Yeah, because yeah. I, I otherwise my because like battle rap alley cat is like that's too that's just, too uh, on the nose. No, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I have a method to picking out a fake name if somebody doesn't want it. Okay, you know, let's so. see. What's the method? Uh, usually I find a name that's the same amount of syllables okay. and maybe the same letter to start with okay. or something that like almost, so I, I okay. You know. well, it's like, we could have like Andy, yeah, Annie, Andy, Andy, or yeah. there's a lot of Andy girls named Andy. Yeah. Or like Andrea, Andrea, my cousin's wife, Angie, Angie. There's an, I'm not an Angie. No, there's an Angie <laughs> in my new book, but that's not her real name. Okay. Her so real name is something else. We it can't, didn't start with an we A. We can't either. be Angie. Amber. Amber, you know your hair is like amber. Although now there's hues of pink in there, right? It's purple, purple? but like that's okay. If you Sorry. see pink, no, no, yeah, no, it's listen, choose, I see colors. All it's the time, choose your own adventure hair. <laughs> I've done enough shit where like I see blotches of color sometimes. So you have to forgive me. Okay, I do you, forgive you. Good, thank you. I, I, your heart was forgiveness. You got to. I ask for a lot of forgiveness, and it's, it's good for you. Yeah. Yeah, and then you know what's also important? Forgiving others is really the key move. I'm not giving you my hair. <laughs> Okay, listen. So, okay. if God forbid, There's no I way no I'm giving hair, you. You're not going to the locks for love for the snake man. <laughs> I'm not giving you my hair. I kind of respect it because Allie's got some of the. She's had some of the best hair for years, and you've, you've always. Uh, I don't know if you get your hair done by the same person anymore, but you used to like really love the woman that did your hair. Oh my God, they were so good. It was two of them in Boston. Oh, it's yeah. two to do this fucking hair. <laughs> well, there was like a colorist and then ah, somebody who just cut. Nice. Um, no, I don't go to them anymore. Uh, that nice. would be like the craziest yeah, commute. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> well, when, when, the, when I get my PJ, yeah, when I get my PJ. Out there. <laughs> my, my, my wife, she's like, uh, she specializes in color, but she does cuts and yeah. blowouts and makeup. And that's she the way to go. Because like yeah. people get like. Well, that's. Yeah. It's She does a lot of like set work, you know, like commercials. Oh, music cool. Videos and yeah, shit, yeah. So, if you were like a one-stop shop, it's like, oh, can you also do the, the makeup? Yeah, of course. Can you right. also do the, Yeah, boom. So she does right. that. Right. Yeah. That's the person who does my hair now. Her name's Emma Cole. Nice. She's also Emma the creative director on the NFT project. Oh, um, look at you. Keeping but, it in-house. Yeah, keeping it in-house. I like that. <laughs> she's, uh, she's like a photographer. She does. She's good at everything she does. It's so disturbing. It's like kind of like you, though. I've always felt no, like, yeah, she's no, like, you, you're one of those like, uh, on no. the good at everything people. Hmm, I don't know. All right. Uh, well, back to <laughs> Emma. <laughs> nice deflection of a compliment. You should have been like, thank you. But, uh, also, is that you on the water bottle? No, it's not me oh, on God. the water bottle. Guys listening, people listening, there's a woman, uh, a sticker <laughs> of a woman with a, a hat that Allie would wear. I mean, fuck, I would wear that hat. But and I, glorious hair. Volumous. I bought the sticker because I wanted. <laughs> it looks like you on the water bottle. It's on my Pelicans, on my road cases nice. too. Pelican, shout out to Pelican. That Thank way, you. there's no Thank confusion because yes, it does look like me. <laughs> it is volum, voluminous. How do you say that word? Voluminous. I'm a fucking writer. I can't say that. Voluminous. I'm clearly not writing for Pantene Pro V ads. That's true. <laughs> but it looks like you. I have actually somebody's making, and I, I'll, we're going to talk about this off air about NFT shit. Uh, pretty well known artist. Uh, is doing a piece for me that's coming out uh, soon that I'm going to be selling. Me and him are going to autograph it, and I'm writing little unique things on it. We're oh, doing a little run. It's like a caricature of me. It's a crazy, like, psychedelic 70s rock poster looking thing Sick. with all this wild shit. Wait, like Kai Aaron's? 
No, no, okay. no. But okay. it's 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 something like I mean, not that that's you, but it you know it's like it's, it, people will see it on your pelican. Yeah, like, that's Ali shit. Right. People are gonna see this and something like that. Fuck yeah. And so we, you and I have like, some NFT conversations to have after. Let's do it. Yeah, this is Sam Larson, who's like Instagram oh, famous. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm aware. Um, I really like his stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I dig that, dude. I dig that. What's the what's your favorite hair color you've ever utilized? Oh, I had this like pink like sorbet slash orange thing for a while um my my guy jefferson tangrati did it hash or at get your hair did oh i I loved that but it's just too hard to keep up with how like how much how much maintenance is that well it's like a four hour hair appointment yes and then you gotta go like once a month Maintenance. And then it's expensive as fuck yeah, too, because yeah. it's like hard for hair. him to do it. And I have what so much hair. hair. You do. Yeah. Everybody's like everybody. Like when I go to get my hair cut for the first time, I'm like, just so you know, like I have a lot of hair. You're gonna have to make like more <laughs> color. And they're like, uh-huh, yeah, okay, because it doesn't. For some reason, it doesn't look like well, it's I have. Thick, um, dude. It's, vo- it's there's Volumous, so voluminous. much hair. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Like but then in, they're Thanks. like pissed off halfway, and they're like, wow, you do have a lot of hair. I'm like, I fucking tried to tell you. <laughs> it's always been like that. Oh man. So what did you on the road? What's your um, hair regimen? Because I listen. I've toured. Yeah, more, yeah. You've toured. You have to adapt to things on the road. You're sleeping in a bunk a couple yep. nights a week. You're in your hotel rooms. Backstages can vary from venue to venue. Nightmare. So what are you doing to keep up such a glorious, <laughs> glorious mop? Well, I do have like a hair and makeup kit that is like a little pack, which is also like I've never toured as much as I'm going to be. So I nice. kind of also hadn't thought about this. Oh, like, yeah, it takes like, a few tours before you really get Yeah, so I got like a blowout brush. Nice. And that's kind of a game changer because you can give yourself a blowout and then it lasts for like four days. Mm-hmm. And then you can dry shampoo in between, but your hair stays like shiny and like however you styled it for like, yeah, like three or four days. Do you, like, I, like on the Mayor Hawthorne show, or tour rather, you guys was wearing like, you know, suits. matching suits. Yeah. You know, I know how fucking hot it is on stage. The bigger the venue, the bigger the lights, the more mm-hmm. equipment radiating energy. How do you not be sweating all your hair, dude? How do you stay looking all alley-like? No, no, we're all sweaty. <laughs> we had like four different suits. Oh, during this just changes? Each. Running back and change? No, no, no. Oh, oh, I yeah, see. Yeah. I'm watch. <laughs> so the PA, right, was always like just getting you the laundry did real quick. Yeah, like same day dry cleaning. Oh, yeah. Uh, God, yeah. God forbid the runner fucks up the wardrobe. Can you you're, imagine? You're in the, I've been there and I've been in the production office when our PA would be screaming on these Man. young house runners and I feel, God, thank God I didn't have to start at the bottom in that career. I got really lucky because that shit looks rough. Yeah, for sure. It's getting scared. <laughs> older because you know the artists are gonna yell at the PA so they gotta yell at somebody it's a chain of command it's like the fucking military but with basses and guitars yeah actually yeah. like you better make sure that suit is pressed yeah dude, <laughs> dude I mean that and that's nice that's yeah nice yeah favorite city you played in uh in the Mayor Hawthorne tour Kansas City Missouri really yeah yeah Kansas I was surprised I just was like Damn, this place is dope. It's all right. I Kansas like, City's cool. Kansas City's pretty fun. I've, I've, St. Louis, I think I enjoyed more. Uh, I haven't been to St. Louis. Uh, dude, remember I told you I got chased out of the strip club in Louisville <laughs> oh for, for not buying yeah, meth? Yeah, yeah. I have a crazier strip club story <gasps> in East St. Louis. That's I, I'm writing a chapter about it. It's like, it's, <laughs> I mean, the Uber driver was scared to take me there. And everyone else was like, you're going over there. I was like, yeah, I know where I'm going. And they were like, f- I mean, it was fucking sketchy. Oh, my God. It made God. the Louisville strip club meth chick. 
way nicer. Oh my god. But Kansas Kansas City, so you like playing in the Midwest, huh? I'd just never been to Kansas City. Oh, okay. And I was surprised that it was I didn't have any ribs. Actually, there was like this like Grand Central Market kind of place next to the venue we were playing at. And Do they have any vegetables? Yeah. Not corn and potatoes. We got like the most delicious Korean food I've ever had. Really? It was so good. And you're from fucking basically LA, which is like Korea outside of Korea. Yeah. It was like shockingly good. Really? I was like, fuck. Take that, (laughs) K-Town. Kansas City. Yeah. And great coffee. It's also where I learned about Sam Larson because he's from there. So just putting a little bow on that. Is it Bricktown? Is that the nickname? There's a... Oh, that sounds no, right. No, no, is that? I think that's a nickname or a section of I the. I don't know. Party. Maybe there's a lot of bricks there. I did yeah, see. I, think I can there's, say that. There's for a sure. section that was like a lot of like brick. Uh, what do you call it? sidewalks? Yeah. And buildings. I thought it was called Bricktown. Maybe. Right. Least favorite city that you toured in. Oh. Um, Oklahoma any, City. And anything why? in Texas? Anything in Texas? Really? You like Texas the least? I don't like Texas. But I mean, dude, there's like places like. There's Ohio's, there's Oklahoma's, there's, there's, <laughs> there's North Ohio's. and South Dakota's. Have you not been to Sioux Falls? <laughs> Have you not been to Oklahoma? There's a venue in Oklahoma that, Ali, I pray to you and your whole fucking soul being that you don't have to okay. ever play the zoo in Oklahoma City. It's called the zoo because it's adjacent to a oh, zoo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I That's know like the zoo. one of the worst venues in the world. Really? Dude. I mean, first off, you can't swear. You'll get fined on stage. The artist will get fined significantly. It's oh, hot as old walls. There's bees and flies and shit. Fucking everywhere. tornadoes. Oh, the tornadoes. No. Least I wish a tornado would take that <laughs> venue and fucking just take it off with the, the Wizard of Oz shit. It's rough. It's all creaky old wood. You might yeah. step on a nail. There's no tetanus shots available. Fuck. It's brutal. The catering is flies and screens. The production offices are like the size of my kitchen. And that's the only brief refuge from the relenting, unrelenting. No, here's my thing. At least when you're like going to Oklahoma or you're going to like the North and South Dakotas, like you know what you're going to get. The problem Texas with Texas, is te- te- Texas is like masquerading as like somewhere dope. I don't know. But it's, Houston's cool as shit. Good, good food, very diverse, great food. Terrible great. politics. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm politics and I mean, I don't like the politics in most states these days. Yeah. But I agree. But I. There's cool people in Houston. Good, yeah. Good music scene. Fucking strip clubs are a blast. They're not chasing you out. They're not going to force you to buy All right. Well, maybe if like we can come up with some sort of rating system yeah. based on the quality of the strip clubs, like I'll have more to say about Texas or like any states. Yeah. Just so maybe we like can figure that out. So you basically, you like Ohio is what you're saying. 